The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. My first guest this morning is three-time Irish Olympian Dervil O'Rourke. She's a former sprint hurdles athlete, a best-selling author. She's been running her well-being website Dervil.ie for the past five years and now she's turned her attention to the workplace with a new workplace well-being platform called Sale. She joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning with some tips for workplace well-being. And you're very welcome back to the Sunday Grill. Real Dervil. Having me. So the last time I was talking to you we were in the midst of the, the pandemic and now we're in a a strange post-pandemic world where burnout seems to be our favourite term. Yeah, God, that was a mad time, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but I, I do think we all did a lot during the pandemic that put us under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, and that now we've come out the other side and we've realised, and that term is thrown out there a lot, that maybe we did start to feel a little bit burnt out and that we have to take care of ourselves. And actually, when it comes to minding ourselves and well-being, it can be quite individual and Mm -hmm. different people need different things at different times. So it is definitely an interesting time. And I know for me, when we would have last been chatting, like we would have been in the middle of the pandemic, I was doing a huge amount of online well-being with Derville.ie, mm-hmm. which was, you know, directly to our customers. And we have a brilliant group and we still have a brilliant group there. But the big thing that for, I guess, for me came out of the pandemic was workplaces. Like we're all in work so much. It's such a huge chunk of our week. And I think people are starting to realise that you can't just park your well-being at the door, that that experience that you're having in work, you have to take care of your well-being in that workplace as well. So I've had a very interesting time, you know, looking at that and seeing where we can make a difference. And, you know, we have a lovely workplace well-being business called Sale, which means life. And yeah, it's been it's been really interesting, but certainly burnout has been a word that has come up totally. very often with our experts. And you must come into it with different kind of mindset than other people because you've had very unusual workplaces, really. Yeah, I have had, I would say, very high performance workplaces. Mm. So, you know, I would have been 14 years as a professional athlete. But interestingly, while I was a professional athlete, I always tried to do other things. So I was always kind of being exposed to other environments. And then when you're a professional athlete for a part of the day and then you're in another environment, you're always kind of thinking, how does this cross over? And I think definitely from the professional athlete perspective, the key is that the athletes feel well and they feel good and that ultimately they go out and they perform. And I think that's come over massively now to every other workplace that you're going. When when you have when you have staff, whether you're an employee or an employer, like you wanna feel connected, engaged, and you want people to stay. So how do you how do you do that? Like what are the different areas that you look at? And you know, I know, say, from that world of professional sport and then even the world of media, you know, I've done a lot of work in media. Mm-hmm. Like you, there's certain things that that you need to put in place, you know, for yourself or in a workplace that helps people feel good, whether that's and it's interesting with the well-being space, I was saying so individual, like you could have you could have someone that, for example, now we're in January where they kind of go, you know what, I'm actually going to engage in a little bit of mindfulness um, to support my mental well-being. You could have someone else who's really feeling like they need to look at that financial well-being support section. Um, someone else might be looking at work-life balance. And it's it's all of these things that people need to kind of consider to actually feel content and well in themselves 
and to feel like they can go into work happy and leave work happy. And into work is an interesting as well, one as well because there's a huge amount yes. of people who are working in a, in a hybrid environment. So into work could mean a bedroom for two days a week and then getting into the car for an hour and a half like drive commute to the workplace. So it's, it is a very different space we work and live in now. Yeah, working from home has become a completely new transformed area mm. in the past two years. Like there's a huge, there's a huge percentage of people that will do a part of their week or their whole week working from home. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I work from home a huge amount now. And that's something that when we were developing sale, we talked a lot we talked to two groups. We talked to employees and we talked to employers and that kept coming up. Like, how do you support someone's well-being when they're working from home? And it's back to that. Like, how do you, if people don't feel connected and like that's for all of us, like as human beings, like you get very lonely very quickly if you don't feel connected. So you have to find a way that you can feel connected and you don't just feel like you're sitting in your bedroom at your laptop and there's, there's no one else around. And I actually think, well-being is is a really nice way for people to feel connected and I think when you have when you have that balance of that working from home I think having a well-being having different well-being aspects in place whether that's a challenge that people are getting involved in whether it's that people feel really comfortable that they can go onto a platform you know like like one of the cruxes of our platform is that it's community-based that people can go on and talk to each other like it's that simple that you know you could be in Waterford, you could be talking to someone in Donegal, you know, who's also working from home and you might just be talking to them about a book club, you know, the, we have an online book club or you could be talking to them. We're doing a January jumpstart challenge about, OK, I got out and I, you know, I did some steps and then I did a workout or actually I just did a bit of mindfulness. That's what I needed. Or maybe someone else might have done a bit of a financial well-being. So I do I, I find it fascinating. I feel like the world has transformed mm-hmm so much for good and for bad in many ways and for us then as human beings we have to figure out how do we live in that world and how do we feel fulfilled and you know kind of just content and happy. And is that how sale works then so that say if even if you work for yourself and it's just you you could find your community your workplace community on this app? Yes exactly so for us we we wanted people to be able to go onto the app and to feel it feels very it feels very alive for want of a better word. And it feels very, it feels very vibrant. It feels very busy. We have like, we have on-demand content, but then we have lots of live events. We have sale talks, which again, sale talks are on so many different topics that will appeal to different people at different stages. And then you just have this community chat function where people are just on, some people are direct messaging each other. Some people are publicly messaging with each other. So for us, it was bringing all the best parts of different social media platforms into a safe space where people felt very comfortable and very supportive, supported. So yeah, it's been, it's been brilliant. You know, we, we started it last June um, and we kind of quietly started it like I do with a lot of things and made sure that the platform was working really well and the people were enjoying it, got lots of feedback from a big test group. And then we've just been building on it since then. And I think once you hit January, I think people are kind of going, OK, what do I want out of 2024? How do I want to feel in in 12, 11 months time? And I think it's a good time for well-being, but also it's a very can be a very cluttered busy space and it can Mm. be people can feel actually it can all feel a little bit much so I think sitting down and going you know what I'm just going to do 
my own little bits, the bits that are important to me. And for, you know, for someone that might be fitness, for mm-hmm. someone else, it might be nutrition. For someone else, it could be some mental well-being or it could be little bits of all of them. And I, you know, it's a really, really lovely platform for that, a very warm platform, if you can describe that in tech. That's how I wanted it to feel. I was like, oh, this has to feel very warm for people. And one of the tips um, from the five tips that you have is goal setting and, and they are everything from financial to fitness to food. So all of that is up on on the sale app, like a jumpstart challenge and new habits forming in 21 days. You also have author Michelle McDonough there with book clubs and things like that. So, so real work-life balance in there too. Yeah. And, you know, the, the book club was interesting because Michelle McDonough hosts lives for us and she hosts them with Kate Durant, who's an author as well. And she's mm-hmm. a broadcaster. And the two of them have such great chemistry. And like you feel like they're in your house with you. And then it makes you immediately want to read the book. So this month we're doing John Boyne Water. So okay. I have that. I, I'm finishing. I'm reading The Rachel Incident at the moment and I need to finish The Rachel Incident. Mm-hmm. And then I'm straight into that. But even that, you know, to kind of motivate yourself, like reading is one of those things that can really can really help people feel relaxed, can really help people sleep. And to have that kind of that little bit of someone having a book club and then you go, OK, I don't want to. I actually want to read the book because I want to talk to other people about it is really nice. You know, not everybody has time to be leaving their house and going to a book club with groups. And often people actually just don't have that group to have, particularly coming out of the pandemic where people might not feel quite as connected. And and I think, again, you know, it's back to that sense of like, how do you feel connected and where can you find your tribe and where can you find your people? And I think a lot of people used to find their tribe in workplaces. And I, I, I think that might be one of the downsides of hybrid working that you no longer have that kind of water cooler moments of chatting to people and you know, really finding someone that you connect with. It's harder to do these days. So, th- so that is where sale can come in for you. Is the best place, Derval, to go is to the app and download the app like that? Do you know what? Pop onto the website. Okay. Sale is workplace well-being. We do have like lots of individual members on there as well who want to join. So you can join as an individual, but primarily it is for workplaces. So okay. if you if you have a workplace where you're kind of going, you know what, we need to do something for our people. I think we're a really, really great place to start. So if you just pop onto the website, sale-app.com. Great stuff. That is sale-app.com and you'll find loads of details there of what is going on at sale. But in the meantime, Dervil O'Rourke, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. And a few of us were talking in the office this week about pantos and the fact that we've all been to a panto this week and all in Wexford as well. I was at the Gory Panto and Shona was in Wexford and another one of our colleagues went to the one in New Ross and someone else I think went to Ferns and they all have one common thread running through them. No, it's not the whole that they're pantos. It's the fact that it's written by one man, all of them, and that man is Tom O'Leary and he joins me to chat panto this morning. You're very welcome, Tom. Hi, Orla, how are you? Very good. I know I've talked to you a few years ago, so it's good to talk to you again about pantos and Wexford pantos in particular. You seem to be the man that everyone wanted this year. Uh, yeah, it, it's been been a good year, yeah. Um, my, my website has been up and running a good few years now, but I don't think I've ever got the four Wexford pantos at the one time, so it's... Nice to have that under my belt to say that I have the, the four shows going on at the one time. And that is irishpantoscripts.com. And how does that work, Tom? Do people just go on to it and choose something they'd like or how does it work? 
Yeah, so basically um, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's my website set up and it's got samples of all the scripts and pictures of all productions and things like that and uh, contact details for myself. And then if people like the look of something, they can get in touch with me and then they can link in and I'll send them out a reading copy of a script or whatever and we'll work from there. Um, so I have a lot of groups who come back year in, year out since the website has started up. But um and I've got some, over the years, I've had some scripts go over to Australia and to Canada and Scotland, different places. So it's, it's, it's been really successful in the last six or seven years since it started up. Wow. And am I right in saying, so like you said, the four Wexford Pantos are all written by you, but two of them are the same script, are they? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, what I usually do is I'll debut a script with the Wexford Pantomime Society yeah. as I direct that myself. Yeah. And yeah, so that'll be the debut of, of all new scripts like Rapunzel and the League of Princesses that's just uh, finishing in um, Wexford today is 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 my latest script and is totally new and different. And then like people can get a, a read of that and, and see if they like it. So last year we did Aladdin in Wexford and obviously Gory and, and um, not Gory, uh, New Ross and Ferns both okay. li- like to look at that one. And and they, they took on that one this year. So that's, that's going on in both of those. And then... Uh, Gory are doing Jack and the Beanstalk, which debuted on Oxfordshire four years ago and was in Ferns last year, I think. And <laughs> so they start to move around that way. So people can take, there's about, there's about 12 scripts on the, on the website that people can take their pick, but it's sometimes good to go for the more recent one because it's the freshest and okay. the most popular and topical, you know. And I was at the Gory one last weekend, Tom, and I have to say it was absolutely brilliant I was with a whole lot of different ages and types of people and we all laughed all at different parts of it but we all had such a laugh the amount of in-jokes about Gory and North Wexford though how does that work do you leave kind of a space insert joke about your hometown here how does that happen yeah, no, it'll, it'll be the Wexford version that people get. But I just say, just make whatever changes you need. Um, you'll need to change that name or you'll need to change that area or that shop or whatever it is about. Um, and people just make the changes themselves. But uh, yeah, the, the great thing about pantomime and, and I suppose the hardest thing about pantomime is, as, as a, a write, when you're writing it is, is trying to incorporate something for everybody from the five-year-old to the 85-year-old that somebody gets something from it um so you're, you're writing for so many different levels and, and if your visuals and your slapstick and then you have the there's a bit of adult humor here and there that certain people won't get and um just trying to, to balance that out so I, I think we've been successful with that and on top of that my belief when i'm writing anyway is very much about the story and um, taking the fairy story and keeping the story at the heart of it and then finding the comedy around it i've gone to professional pantomimes in different places and it's very much just about entertainment and, and throwing jokes and throwing slapstick and throwing songs at people. And the story kind of comes secondary. But my pantos usually have a really good uh, moral at the end or a good story and a good happy ever after and a good... We'd get to uh, a beginning, a middle and an end where where with a definite fairy story and a happy ending usually. And how did this all start for you? How did you start writing for pantos? Um... I was involved in pantos from a very young age and um, then there was one year in Wexford um, we had a really strong panto society for, for years and years and um, about 1999 there was no panto in Wexford they uh, had trouble getting a cast together and stuff and things were just kind of gone to a bit of a low and uh, Father Pat Myrna a very good friend of mine uh, he kind of came in and took charge as producer director and he asked myself and another young man uh, Nick Roach to pen a script or to look at an old script he had and would we sort of 
jazz it up a bit or whatever. But in the end, we ended up just re- rewriting it completely from the start. Um, so myself and Nick wrote two or three scripts together. And then Nick wrote a few when I started directing for the pantomime. And then when Nick moved on, I took over the directing and the writing side of it. Um, I got an, another bit of help from Paul Walsh there. He wrote with me for a couple of years as well. And then I set off on my own after that. And the rest, <laughs> and, is, um, history. The rest is <laughs> 20 something <laughs> scripts later, yeah. Wow. And when so, did you start um, your website? Only about ooh, maybe eight years ago, okay. eight or 10 years ago. And has that changed uh, the business of Pantomimes for you? Do you find you get more contacts because there's a website there? Yeah, the website is really the only way of getting my name out there, outside the county anyway. Like, I mean, a lot of people, I, I know the people now in the different groups and that, and they come back every year, as I said, but to try to find new groups, there's so many panto societies at so many levels, like from the, the small parish hall in the village to the professional ones in Dublin. Like, and, and like, there's there's so many different groups and every town has a panto and every parish has a panto. And it's just letting people know that if, if they want the script, they're there. And a lot of these groups, I found when I started, we're, we're using really old sort of scripts from England because mm-hmm. there wasn't great scripts available in Ireland or nobody was sort of marketing them. So um, we tried to, that's what we call the website, irishpantoscripts.com, to let people know that this is more Irish-based and more Irish humour and themes and that. So uh, it just, it, it did, it's taken off quite well, but <clears throat> there's always room for more. So uh, <laughs> check out the website and you're looking for a script. <laughs> and are you a little community of panto writers? Like, do you know many other panto writers? No. No? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> on my own now. You're on your own. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, listen, like that is some feat having four pantos in your home county. And that is the debut of Rapunzel and the League of Princesses. And then you had the Aladdins in New Ross, is it? And Ferns. And then Jack and the Beanstalk in Gorey's Little Theatre. Yep. And any other ones in year. other counties <laughs> or this year? Yeah, I had a good, I had, a good, I had about 12, 12 and all out. Wow. Um, I, I had a good few. I did I had, I'm at Lone and I had up in Wicklow and uh, different places. Then a couple of schools as well. Um, um, Adamstown School out there, they, they do a script of mine every year. Um, so it's, it kind of reaches into the secondary schools too. And they're, they're, they're good fun for, for, for school productions because there's lots of parts and lots of, you can shape it to suit the school rather than if you're taking on a big musical, sometimes it can be a bit daunting, but you can shape a panto to give people lots of parts and lots of fun and have your dancing and singing chorus as well. So they really work well in schools as well. I have to say it was so much fun this year at Gory's Little Theatre. So congratulations on all of the different scripts that you've written across the country, as you said. I know they're, today's kind of the end for all pantos. Um, if you want to check out Tom's scripts, irishpantoscripts.com is the website. I'm sure people are already planning 2024 and 2025's Panto Tom. So that's probably the best place to find you is irishpantoscripts.com. And if you are going to a panto today, have a look at Written By and you might just see Tom O'Leary's name there. That is Tom O'Leary. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you very much, Orla. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. 
You're listening to The Sunday Grill. It is Beat 102-103 and there are many routes, as you know, to a new career and apprenticeships are just one of them. Last week, the government announced a record number of apprenticeships registered in 2023 and 17 new apprenticeship programmes are proposed for this year, including four in the area of construction and other areas like firefighting and paramedics are in development. And with that in mind, the Kilkenny Carlo ETB Apprenticeship Expo is on tomorrow week at the Lyrath estate in Kilkenny from 7pm until 9pm. It is free and to tell us more about that Virginia Bowen is on the line to chat to us. You're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Virginia. Hi Orla, thank you for that. No problem. And Apprenticeships are your forte aren't they Virginia? I live and breathe them. <laughs> that sounds. Uh, do you know something? I just think I, I'm over twenty years doing this job now, and I'm still enthusiastic and passionate about it, and just think it's such a great opportunity for people in terms of choosing career routes. Um, one of the aspects of my job is we go out to schools and we talk to young people about the benefits of an apprenticeship, and you can see the change over the years. Whereas people, you know, back twenty years ago it was seen as less than in some way doing an apprenticeship. Whereas now I think there's a much greater value being put on being an apprentice and what an apprenticeship can offer you. I mean, it, to me, it's a no-brainer. You're, mm. you're earning and learning at the same time. Yes. and Coming out with a qualification. And which is such a great thing for someone who maybe is already in the workplace and wants to do something different. That earning and learning must be such a draw for people. Absolutely. And that's particularly relevant, I think, for a lot of the new types of apprenticeship that you referenced there. So just to, to give an overall kind of vision in what terms of what's going on in Ireland right now. So we have over 27,000 apprentices registered in Ireland. Mm. Over 22,000 of those would be in what would be termed the craft apprenticeship. So they would be things like electrician, motor mechanic, carpenter, joiner, all the skilled occupations in Ireland. And then we have nearly 4,000 apprentices registered in some of the new areas. And you referenced that earlier on Mm. that Simon Harris has, you know, there's a huge expansion going on in terms of what's being seen as an apprenticeship now and bringing more activities and more work areas into the apprenticeship model. So that just as you mentioned, that people who are choosing maybe to change careers can realistically say, well, I don't have to go back to college and not necessarily get paid. Mm. I can go do an apprenticeship route, come out with a qualification at the end of it and be paid for the duration of that. And so, yes, it is very attractive. I suppose the idea of apprenticeship in the past has always been quite male dominated, hasn't it? Yes, yes. And so is that and we have seen it. Oh, very much so. I think we have, even within the craft sector, which you would still typically expect to be male dominated, we have seen an increase in the number of women going into the craft areas. And it's something that I know myself and my colleagues in Kilkenny, Carlo, ETB, Patricia Nolan and Tomas McCarthy, we're, we're all very keen to try and promote and sorry, more women. And what do you mean the by the craft? Areas. What are the craft areas? So when I refer to the craft areas, like I said, the traditional kind of mechanic, electrician, okay. carpenter, those kind of skilled occupation areas, um, they, were, they will be the craft apprenticeships. Okay. And then when we talk about the new style of apprenticeship, so it's basically bringing new work areas over to an apprenticeship model. So, yeah, so for example, I, I mean, firefighting is coming over now mm. to, to being an apprenticeship model, which is great. And are you seeing that then at Kilkenny and Carlo in the ETBs that you're bringing these new apprenticeships in slowly but surely? 
Yeah, I think for any any area we are has to reflect what the economic base is. So, for example, one of the new apprenticeship areas we have is Kami Chef, and generally there and there's other sous chef and chef de party. So, because Kilkenny County and city would have a strong tourism base, we are seeing an increase then in that area of apprenticeship. So, in Carlo, they would have a much stronger engineering base. Um, in terms of the economic kind of backbone of the county. So mm-hmm. therefore, we're seeing a lot of kind of engineering apprenticeships happening in the Carlow area. Okay. Um, in, in Waterford, there's a lot of insurance companies down there. So we mm-hmm. see more insurance apprentices happening down there. OK, so there's even insurance apprenticeship, apprenticeships. There is. It was one of the first apprenticeships kind of of the new type, of the new generation apprenticeships. And that was launched in 2016, 2017. And it's actually a degree programme. Okay. So um, it's offering a level eight degree qualification at the end of it. So, you know, these things have to be seen to be attractive to people, you know, rather than saying like for anybody, college isn't for everybody, as we all know. Mm. It does require, you know, a set of skills around being motivated to attend lectures. And, you know, a lot of people coming out of school, that there is that big jump in terms of independence and motivation. Whereas for some people, they just want to be learning on the job. They want to be busy. They want to learn on the job and get that qualification at the end of it. And then in in that case, Virginia, how does Kilkenny Carlo ETB help? You have to find your own job for an apprenticeship. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes, that and is true. And then where do the ETBs come in? Okay, so from so typically what I do, my job is I would manage the process from once the apprentice gets registered to the time of their qualification. However, what we do offer is because we're out meeting employers on a daily, well, weekly, if not daily basis, we know who's recruiting and who potentially isn't recruiting. So we try and meet with, you know, potential job changers or people who are interested in going into an apprenticeship. And we would sit down with them and talk about what types of employment might be available to them and what employers. So we do try and offer that service to people as well. And the Jobs Expo is going to be a really kind of exciting opportunity for people to come along and actually meet with employers who are recruiting apprentices in 2024. Okay, so that's a really big event for us. And as we said, that happens in the Lyrath tomorrow week. That's January 29th between 7 and 9 p.m. Yeah, and it is free as well. Um, really yeah. interesting stuff. Is it a case as well? And, and perhaps I'm wrong that you might decide, like, could you go and suggest an apprenticeship? a new type of apprenticeship or does it have to be under the umbrella of the different types of jobs like firefighter or paramedic? Okay, so th- to get to that stage, like, I mean, I, um, Minister Harris kind of announced that those apprenticeships aren't fully kind of validated mm. as they as they describe it. So those apprenticeships would go through probably a period of two to three years in development okay. um, in terms of developing the curriculum, getting the education and training providers on board, getting the employers on board. So, you know, it's not a case that it can suddenly develop. I mean, for example, we've kind of been looking at the possibility here in Kilkenny Carlo ETB of developing a jewellery technician apprenticeship. Now, it's at the very early stages and um, it would kind of build on the whole kind of craft sector in Kilkenny. And it would be that kind of technician level. It's not necessarily around jewellery design because there is a, a degree programme currently that offers that that programme here in, in Kilkenny Carlo. Um, it would be more around the technical aspect of doing basic kind of soldering, and measurement, all that kind of thing. But look, we're at a really early stage. I wouldn't mm. like to talk too much about yeah, that because it will take time and effort from employers and education providers 
to get something like that over the line. Okay, good stuff. A really practical route to go down in your career, be it that you're doing your leaving cert this year and you're like we are thinking CAO at this time of year. But um, this is something that you could think about differently or if you want to change your career and you are used to getting that weekly or monthly wage and you don't want to step away from that. This is a a very um, similar uh, getting a wage and learning a new trade at the same time. And and Absolutely. I suppose that's probably the word to use is a trade. It's a trade that you're learning with an apprenticeship. Well, I, I think that is the kind of common kind of parallels that's used in terms of the craft apprenticeships. I suppose, I, you know, I it, sometimes trade has um, connotations that maybe some people mm. might perceive as being less than. Yes. Whereas in actual fact, people who are coming out as an electrician say qualified electrician, it's a craft. Um, you know, you're you're a qualified electrician in in the craft. So I think we try to move away from that notion that okay. somehow it's a trade. It is, <laughs> it is. But I think what we're trying to get the message across is that that's only the start of somebody's career as well. Yes, it is. You know, a, a lot craft, of people, said. absolutely. So, you know, if you think most of our small industries around the southeast region, not all of them, but a lot, a significant number are started by qualified craftspeople. Mm-hmm. So these are people who have come out with a particular craft behind them, recognize the need for, um, you know, that there is an opportunity there for um, to develop a business and now employing maybe 20, 30 people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, have to recognize that and, and you know, yeah. pay homage to that because exactly. they are the backbone the economy. Yeah and I suppose like you said that whole idea of it being less than is something that we really need to stop thinking about because we use all these different crafts on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. You try find a, an electrician now to do some work in your house oh, tomorrow have, and I, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> exactly. I've been that soldier. Uh, let's talk about the expo. Okay. So as we said, it is happening in Kilkenny in the Lyrath tomorrow week, January 29th from the 7th to the 9th, or sorry, from 7pm to 9pm. And people can just go have a mosey, can they? Absolutely. So um, we we currently have over 800 people booked on Eventbrite. And so we are trying to encourage parents to come along as well, because I think we want to get that message across to parents that, you know what, challenge your 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 kind of opinion of what an apprenticeship is. And I don't know if you you're familiar with Brian Mooney from The Irish Times, like he would he would say very clearly, like between 60 and 70 percent of career guidance in Ireland is done by the by parents Mm -hmm. and more specifically the mammies of Ireland. So I think that's a really kind of key partner that we want to involve in the um, expo on Monday that the um, parents can go up and talk to employers as well and be reassured or certainly informed about what an apprenticeship is and isn't um, and as I said we will have book in then Virginia yeah I think people can book in on Eventbrite I know tickets are kind of getting more and more limited but um, we can review that over the next couple of days um, we have over 40 employers um, attending all of them are offering apprenticeships you know from manufacturing engineering technician we'll have carpenter and joiners a lot of electricians a lot of the people a lot of the engineering um, apprenticeships are going to be represented there but the key thing is all of these employers are looking to recruit apprentices in 2024 okay, brilliant good stuff so that is on tomorrow week at the Lyrath estate in Kilkenny what's the website if people want to what do you search for an event bright if people want to book um, Kilkenny KCETB Expo 2024 Okay good stuff and that is the Kilkenny Carlo ETB Education and Training Board and Virginia Bowen is a Senior Training Advisor there Virginia thanks a million for telling us all about that today 
Okay, thank you, Orla. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102 103. Of course, you are listening to Beat 102 103. It's the Sunday Grill, and it's that time of a Sunday morning where we talk to our pal Brian. And he has been to see a movie that, despite doing really well during award season, has been a bit of a sleeper hit. It's called The Holdovers. It's from director Alexander Payne. He brought us movies like The Descendants and Sideways. And this movie follows a grumpy teacher at a prep school who has to remain on campus at Christmas to babysit a handful of students. And as you can imagine, he bonds with one student in particular. Lots of Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress awards for Paul Giamatti and Divine Joy Randolph including the Golden Globes recently. Brian is here, though, with his definitive thoughts. But first, will we have a listen to a clip from Holdovers, Brian? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sounds good. I was right. This is why I hate parties. That was a disaster. Total disaster. Speak for yourself. I was having fun. Let's take Mary home, make sure she's okay, and we'll come back. Out of the question. Come on, would you give me a break? God, I was hitting it off with Elise. No, the niece? Are you kidding me? This poor woman is bereft, and all you can think about is some silly girl. I don't need you feeling sorry for me. See? I'm just saying, this was the first good thing that came with being in this prison with you. Need I remind you that it is not my fault that you are stuck here? Do you think I want to be babysitting you? Oh, no, no, I was praying to the God I don't even believe in that your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a submarine or a flying saucer to take you dead. There you go. That is a clip from The Holdovers and the three main stars in it. That is Paul Giamatti, um, Dominic Sessa, who plays the student, and then uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who you've seen on lots of red carpets recently, um, picking up Best Supporting Actress awards. Brian is somewhere in the depths of the countryside, about to talk to us about The Holdovers. There he is now. How are you doing? Freezing cold in his car just for us. Yeah, I had the heating on and, and Orla gave out to me that I had the sound of the heating in the background. So Professional much? I'm suffering, I'm suffering. I'm <laughs> suffering from my art, but look, well, it has, has to be done. Hey, listen, but I... It is, it's... Yeah, go on. No, you go ahead. So I watched the trailer for this and it was the first time in a long time that I've heard that deep, booming voiceover in a trailer. Yes. There was something really retro yeah. about it. Yeah, it is. It's a movie that if you told me came out in 1989... I would like there's nothing to prove that it doesn't, honestly, apart from the people that are in it. It literally looks like it. It looks like that kind of classic movie where someone grew up with and you have to watch it. And like the yeah, the, the even the trailer leans into that. It's it's a, a man uh the, the classic uh trailer guy doing a narration. Yeah, it was the classic trailer on. guy, wasn't it? Yeah, and it made me feel so nostalgic. And that's it's kind of based in kind of this false nostalgia, really, like, you know, it's like you feel like this is a movie from your childhood, but it, it isn't. It's, it's, it's a brand new movie. But even the way it's shot, it's shot like an old school movie. Like it yeah. feels like it came out around the time of Goodwill Hunting. It, it, it feels like a John Hughes movie when you're watching the it, trailer it and, and watching really the really does. Yeah, so the man who brought yeah, us things like 100%. The Breakfast Club and stuff like that. Real 80s kind of teen coming of age type of movies. And of course, Alexander Payne is the director of this movie and he brought us Sideways, which also yeah. starred Paul Giamatti, who is the star of this ago. movie. That was 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, 2004. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's an interesting cast though because like Paul Giamatti is always good. Do you mean he's, he's, mm. he's, he's weird. He's a weird little dude, but he, he plays good characters. Like Divine Joy Randolph 
now I like she's fantastic in this, but she's in Dolomite is my name, which is honestly one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Ever, like it's, it would be one of my top movies, but it's like honestly one of the best movies that Netflix ever put out as an original. It's with Eddie Murphy in it. So if you think she's good in this, watch that as well because you'll think she's even better in that. Okay. And then Dominic Sessa, he has no other credits on IMDb. Like mm. this is his apparent, mm. like his first big movie. Then so like they all killed it, like you know, like com- considering it's based on all of them. It's so it, you, it's so easy to watch, like you know. So it's based around Christmas time. So lots of snow, lots of kind of high end, ivyish kind of school preppy feeling about it. Yeah, it's a lot to do with like identity and feeling like you didn't like succeed and you're not doing as well as as people intend for you to be. But at the same time, it's like kind of that's okay. Do you know what I mean it's like you're you're doing your best. You've made some right or wrong decisions in your life, but. Do you know what? you're you're owning up to them, you know, and like bad things happen. You got to keep going forward afterwards. Kind of deep, really, when I say it like that. But it is funny as well. Like it is actually a, a funny movie. And so it's is I remember watching Sideways back in the day and not really getting it. It was kind of almost too quiet, had no real big crescendo in it. Um, I, and I think if I watched it now, I'd probably prefer it more. Is, is this more of the same with the holdovers? Yeah, well, I I was with you. I I watched Sideways only like a year or two ago, and I was like, "This is hyped up so much." Yeah, it's it's it was good, but I wasn't like blown away with mm. the everyone else seems to be. So maybe like I don't know. I thought I thought this was better. I definitely thought this was better. Um, I like it's it's not it's not going to be down as an all time classic for me, but it's definitely a movie I would recommend people definitely go watch. And as we said at the know, start, it, it, it really it has... is doing quite well at, at award season, especially in those really coveted best actor and best supporting actress sections. So, um, it, it, in that way, is it quite a worthy film? Because there are lots of movies that get loads of awards, and I watch them going, "Huh, this isn't entertaining me." It does feel like more of a film that like they had to fight to make. Okay, and I, I kind of that kind of I don't know. It feels a lot more. I'm kind of happier to see those kind of movies because there's a lot more like heart in it, if that makes sense. And lots of so backstory like, as well with the all the different characters, the three main characters within it. Yeah, they they they've all had a lot of stuff happen before they're on screen. So you kind of it's like you're you're dropped in the middle of it all. And I feel like in this, they're just essentially they're left over a Christmas break, and they're just kind of bonding over mm. the fact that they're all kind of alone, really. And we which I feel say, like a lot of people can resonate. Well, totally. And we, and we should say it's set in the seventies, like the early seventies. So um, yeah, for example, we have. Um, Divine's character has lost her son in Vietnam and then as you heard in the clip we have the student um, whose parents obviously his mother his living mother doesn't really have time for a Christmas which is a, a hard one as you said and you know people experience yeah, the loneliness he, of Christmas he does, time he gets a Christmas card at one stage from his mom and it's like not even to anything it's just love Aww. mom and Tony or whatever it's like man and it's like there's money in it, but it's like money doesn't mean anything in these no, situations. You know? Exactly, exactly. But I, yeah, I, it's it's something I definitely recommend going seeing if if it's just in any way kind of it tempts you because it, it is it's such an easy kind of wholesome watch. It's not like it's not gonna like change your life. Well, I'm, like it, it might. It's the kind of thing that might something might be said and then you're like, you know what? Yeah, I can. It's I can keep going, kind of thing. So I don't know. I enjoyed. It. I thought it was a fun movie. Okay, good stuff. Well, it came out a few months ago in the states, and then it went to streaming services there. But it's out in cinemas right now since um, this time late January here in Ireland. Um, and like lots of things in uh, the awards season, lots of movies out now. So lots of choice. 
Yeah, no, no, it's it's getting into that stage where they're just throwing up a ton of stuff, and it's 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 kind of hard to pick what to watch, honestly, because there is so much stuff kind of coming out now. But uh, I would say this would be one of the things that, yeah, maybe, is it more of a movie you watch at home sitting on the sofa? I think so, you know. Maybe not as much as a cinema film, but I, I feel like it could suit the more just chilling out at home, yeah, cozy. Sunday afternoon. Getting yeah, in from the honestly, cold. So, yeah, as as I was before you made me turn off the heating in the car. I am but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll never let me forget that one. Let's black pudding no. it, Brian. How many black puddings out of 10 would you give for the holdovers? I give it eight. It's it's good. Okay. Like, like I was saying, it's it's good. I definitely recommend watching it. It didn't didn't change my life. I thought it was I thought it was very well made and stuff. But yeah, okay. I think eight eight's fair. Good stuff. Do we ever get a break from you know those sort of movies? They have three main stars and we don't really see anyone else in it. Do we get a break from it, or does it feel like that almost piece of theater work? It it starts off with more. So okay. originally, like there's there's more students already like left there, and. Uh, but then some of them leave and then it's kind of it's mainly the three with an appearance. There's another teacher that uh, Paul G. Maddie's kind of flirting with during it. So we have uh, she she comes in every now and again, but it's mainly the main three. And okay. that how they're, how like, they're like an adaptation from a play or something when things happen like that in movies. But look, it, I feel like it could like it could definitely go down a play kind of a route, honestly. Okay. So. All right. Well, look, it's called The Holdovers. Eight Black Puddings out of ten. It is out now starring Paul Giamatti, Divine Joey Randolph and a newcomer Dominic Sessa. Brian, thank you so much. As you said, we have so many movies to watch now. So I will see you back here next week with just one of those. Sounds good. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103.